What's up, everybody? Tony here with the Patio Slate Podcast. I am joined, as always, by Nate and Anthony. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good, good. What's up, fellas? Good, too. I'm hanging out with you guys, having a, a cerveza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're here. This is episode 42. It's our year end. It's our 2020 wrap-up for you guys. So we're going to go over some stuff. Uh, we get a few categories. We get a top five albums, stuff like that. It'll be uh, a free-flowing, tangent-filled conversation, I'm sure. Uh, I wanted to thank uh, our guest last week, Greg Bergdorf, for coming on with us again for the second time and doing the uh, three-album run segment. that He's on fire segment with us last week. That was a complete yes. blast, right? The fourth host. Fourth host, and he basically signed his name in blood to come on for a third time down the road. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. The door's always open. In fact, he might, who knows, he might drop into this one. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Cameo style. But yeah, we're uh, we were super stoked to do that again with him, and uh, always fun to, uh, you know, nerd out with people who like music and like to to do what we do. So we we thank Greg for coming back on again for being our first repeat guest and doing our first repeat segment. It only took almost ten months. I mean, it's we're doing something okay, right? <laughs> it's not like you bring the same guy back every every other episode. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So with that said, you want you guys want to hit the socials uh, at Patio Slave on Twitter and Instagram. Email us Patio Slave Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we're active, we're around, we love to talk to people. So hit us up there. You got ideas for segments or questions or whatever. We we love that stuff. So hit us up. Uh, yeah, want to get into our twenty twenty year end stuff, guys. I'm ready, Nate. Where are we starting? What, what, what what's what's the lead off here? Yeah, I'm stoked. Kind of like a year end wrap 2020. Uh, I think we're going to start with favorite new artist to you. So it might be older, something you didn't know about. I feel like this happened a lot on this podcast. Totally, yeah, totally. I mean, I learned a shitload of bands from you guys. And uh, the first one, first one I'm going to pick fits that perfect. Are we just doing one? You can do one or two, yeah. Yeah, so I get, yeah. I get two on deck here. The first one uh, actually came from Tone from one of our guests, which is uh, The Dangerous Summer. They've been around, what, for a decade? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they're kind of like a pop, pop punk, power pop type of, re- you know, really polished vocals, real catchy. I could see him on tour with Jimmy Eat World. I could see him on tour with Fall Out Boy. You know, they could fit anywhere in there. But yeah, I love these guys. It's just you throw this on when you're driving in the summer, windows down, puts you in a good mood. Deep catalog too. I feel like I'd heard the name, but that's about it. So obviously, Tone, you know them. Yeah, um, I I got into them this year too. That was one of my one of my ones. So we overlap already, but that doesn't really surprise me. With, uh, you know, we've spent countless hours this year talking music, so uh, not a shock that we had a little overlap with some some lists. Uh, Dangerous Summer, yeah. Uh, Jason Tate, our episode twenty three guest, uh, he he had tweeted about them or posted something, and I was, uh, maybe it was the the liner notes he sends out every week. And I was like, you know what? I've I typically like to check stuff out here and there that I've you know that he's put out there and has explained as something that I might like. And this was this fit was perfect. the The album was Mother Nature, came out last year, and it's just a great record uh, front to back. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Cranked it most of the late summer into the early fall. Uh, even listened to it again recently uh, when I was, I think when I sent a text to you guys, like, check this out, guys. I think you'll like it. They put an EP out like a couple weeks ago. Haven't listened to that yet. Need to get on that. Oh, I, haven't, I didn't I, even know that. In prep for this, I was listening to stuff from this year. So it hadn't hadn't crossed my, my uh, year end stuff yet, but I am excited to peep that. So cool band. Uh, go check them out. Nice. It's awesome. I got one too uh, for me, and this is a kind of an interesting thing because we got to, had one of the members on the podcast. I didn't know a whole lot. It was one of, one of those things, like you said, Tuan, like I think I saw it on a festival bill and, and whatnot. So a loss for words. I didn't know much of their music at all. And then prepping for the uh, 
for the interview. I was like, oh man, I really like this band all of a sudden. So I, I wish I had seen them earlier, you know, definitely some show regret there, but um, now I'm a big fan. So props to you to introducing me to both Maddie and to, to his music because I'm a super fan for his music. Nice. And, th- and that's the thing. It's like, they may not be a band, but their legacy is out there for you to check out yep. and go back. And great thing about them is they have what four full lengths, multiple EPs, multiple splits, a Motown album, two acoustic albums. So massive catalog. So there's plenty to to pull from. Yeah, they they're cool. Um, I, I similar to you, Nate. I, I um thoroughly enjoyed deep diving into that when we knew we were getting Maddie on. And you know, listening to it since, uh, it's there's some there's some really cool stuff in that catalog. Uh, Tuan, I think you and I both watched the uh, Friends Unite for Christmas thing, the yes. stream that they did the other night. That he still got it, man. He can still sing. He's sitting in the living room, hadn't really had any uh, chance to really warm up or, or do any uh, practice with the guys because he just drove cross country, as you heard on our podcast with with us on episode thirty nine. But he he still he can still belt it out, man. He can still sing and drinking Fireball the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Nate, I don't know if you tuned in, but if you donated $5 or $10, they would take a shot on on camera type of thing. That was another way so to... He owes us some shots then, because I know we donated more than 5 bucks. <laughs> oh, nice. He said he would buy you a beer too, right? So it's all... There's a lot of booze, boozery crossover with this one. Always, always. <laughs> we want to um, go around one more time for the new artists, or are you guys good there? Yeah, no, I, I had... I was going to mention Home Safe, the band Home Safe. I found the album one earlier this year, and I really liked that. It came out in 2018. I uh, ended up picking it up on Discogs, you know, so I got the got the vinyl too. Uh, that's a cool record. Um, hadn't heard of them before. Pure Noise, maybe. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, they they're, they're uh, thoroughly enjoyed that record. I think they've got something in the works for this coming year too. So excited to hear more. And they got a little bit of a catalog too. So definitely uh, a cool band. Kind of fits some of the stuff we've talked about here. Check those guys out if you haven't. My next one was um, the band Hut Mulligan. So I don't know if you guys have heard heard them. They're, I would say, in that Menzingers, Wonder Years realm. Uh, I actually thought they were on Pure Noise, but they're on uh, No Sleep Records. <laughs> one thing I will say is uh, definitely a bandy cap. Like that name, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. It's a, t- it's yeah. a tough one. Like I'm not going to rock their merch, but if you haven't heard them and you like, I mean, you, even if you like Home Safe, you know what I mean? If you like anything in that realm, this this will be great. More closer to the Wonder Years, I think, than maybe Menzingers, but in that family for sure. I like that. I like the Wonder Years. Yeah, you're a fan. And you know what? It's funny you said the Menzingers because Tone. I think you've been trying to get me into them for years. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then we were talking about it on this podcast. So I finally checked it out. So that extra push. So now I'm a fan of that too. So that, I would say that's another band uh, that I discovered this year, which is my you know my bad for slacking because now I love them, but. You know, the podcast kind of brings it to the next level. So, yeah, it's fun to to just wreck stuff and have your you know your buddies get into it. And with this, we've obviously had an outlet for that, and it's been a lot of fun to find new things and learn things about you guys that I didn't know musically. That it's like, all right, cool, I I can check out this band I would never have heard of or thought about before because you you guys are into it. Even though we have a lot that isn't common, there's a ton that isn't. So that's been fun. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of surprises, just a lot of discovery, like doing the interviews or anything that you're talking about. Like there's so much homework involved, a lot of research, like, oh, should I have to like research this band? But then I become a fan. So it's that extra push because there's some like there's some homework behind the scenes. But 
it sounds like you're about ready to do the Bernie Bernie Sanders <laughs> with with a little bit of money. You could help me <laughs> do even more here. What's <laughs> yeah. that meme? Or <laughs> with your help? Uh, once again, I'm asking for your. Yeah, help. that's it. That's what it is. Once again, I'm asking. What's for your again? Help. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, kick us five bucks on awesome. Venmo. Well, I'll, I'll set us up a Venmo. <laughs> oh, oh man! Yeah, cool. <laughs> we want to move on to the next topic. Favorite music moment of 2020, which has not had a lot of necessarily positivity as far as live music and stuff goes, but there has been some, there have been some cool music moments. Favorite music moment of 2020. Ooh, this is a hard one. Nate, you're scratching your beard. I think you need to lead us off. Yeah, give us some hints, bro. I'm juggling a bunch in my head. I'm like, ah. What hints? Because there's... (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Image coming soon for what's hints. (laughs) Man, favorite moment. You know, this is podcast related. And I think my favorite moment music related ties back to the podcast. It's uh, Frank Maddox and his artwork kind of getting the the light of day once again with the represses and uh, Black Stallion from Deftones and obviously having him on the podcast to get some backstory on, on that artwork. But to see that come like, you know, up front again, and obviously out here in San Diego with the collab with Belching Beaver. To see that in, in uh, liquor stores and stuff like that and see his artwork, it's like, nice, this guy deserves all that attention because his branding, his his style is like right up our alley. It's really unique and just classy. I love it. So I'd, I'd say that's my one of my favorite moments for, for 2020 is to see his artwork kind of get a, a breath of fresh air in 2020. Like this is relevant. This is like we were talking about on the podcast, right? Like this is like the new Rolling Stones logo. This stuff is timeless. So I give uh, Frank credit for that one. Well, he's been super busy too because it was Deftones, White Pony, then Black Stallion, and Ohms came yep. out. The, all uh, White Pony, Black Stallion reissue just dropped a couple weeks ago, and Ohms was back in September. So, and then he had Lincoln Park's Twenty uh, Year for Hybrid Theory. So, and then Meteora hit Record Store Day, right? On I think Meteora was a was a limited press on Record Store Day. So he's he's had all kinds of stuff going this year and getting his stuff back out there. He's got his hands full. Yeah, I love that. I love his style. So, and you're right. He definitely became a household name this this year more than ever and i think it's it's obviously because of that trifecta you just mentioned without a doubt i mean i think a lot of people may have known him by name but maybe didn't connect the dots but i mean he was on our podcast he was on a few other podcasts and i've seen his name tagged in more posts than like last year you know mm-hmm. yep so good big for year him. for frank and he's a good dude he came on to talk to us and we're nobody so that was really cool of him to spend an hour with us and give us the lowdown on, on that cool stuff yeah exactly gives it some uh some more life to those logos and that imagery like oh now i know now we know the guy behind the scenes really nice genuine person and his artwork is just like i don't know it makes me want to get into graphic design you know yeah it makes me want to stay away from it because like all right this dude he's the he's the rushmore i i can't get any better than that i'm gonna stay away Oh, we're over here using our iPhones and using those (laughs) templates. And we're like, okay, how do I make this fit in a square? (laughs) We have no clue what we're doing. I was hoping Frank would offer his services when we had him on. He'd look at our page and be like, ah, I get something for you guys. That would be, yeah. Hey, Frank, if you're listening, (laughs) man, we're down. We're down. (laughs) He's like two words, one logo, not 10. Simplify, get rid of like this, this, and this, and just do this one pony patio slave logo. Drop the the, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Facebook. We don't have we don't have a the. <laughs> the Patio Slave Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I guess we do kind of, but it's not in anything, which is good. That was a good one, Tone. What you got? 
Well, okay, it's funny because we've we've talked about this for the last couple. I got to do it. I, I, we we joked about it in our our group text. Just the reemergence of Eve Six on Twitter has absolutely. <laughs> oh, nice! Has absolutely slayed me the last couple of days. And I, I we weren't going to do a set list, but and this would have let off a set list if we did. But uh, I had to I had to bring it up because I've just been, you know, doubled over laughing at them, not at them with them. <laughs> with all the stuff that's come out of that uh, that Twitter account the last couple of days, it's just been great. Tweeting at everybody, "Do you like the Heart in a Blender song?" just makes me, just makes me smile. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, there's certain quirks about it which make it even funnier. Like, there's no capitalization; it's all lowercase, and just the the clientele people he's adding are just so random. And then the other thing is, not only the content's great, but the the it's very active. Like, I'll just be like you know step away for my phone for a couple hours i'll come back and he's got 10 tweets it's great it's a gift that keeps giving it's hilarious especially because we don't know what's true and what's not what's a joke what has some truth to it right there's just like it's like a mystery <laughs> nerdery comedy thing and there's always that thing that everyone talks about or if you're a comedian like you want to be a rock star if you're a rock star you want to be a comedian so who knows maybe he's always been a funny guy and no one knew well, the, the uh eve six is greater than tool was a good one uh yeah <laughs> Uh, the name right now, I think they changed the name. It was Eve 666. Then it was Eve 666.5. And that now it's Eve Sigs, which is just funny to me. I don't, the whole thing is great. He's talking about uh, 90s bands thinking they were bigger than they were. Um, ripping on the, the guy from Third Eye Blind. Uh, talking about the guy from Papa Roach. Talking about the guy from Jimmy Eat World. Never saying anybody's names. It's just it's hilarious. I don't know why he just is. You're right, Nate. I Who knows what's real? I mean, he doesn't name anyone by name. He All he did, the... Papa Roach one, but everyone else is like Jimmy World, the other guy from Jimmy World. It, it's funny. I mean, I think they'll get more spins because of it. I I just looked now, and they have nine hundred and seventy five month nine hundred seventy five thousand monthly Spotify listeners. That'll go up if we check this in a couple weeks. It'll probably be at one point five uh, million. It, it is a marketing ploy, right? It has to be. I mean, I, I, I the skeptic in me just is like, okay, they've got something coming. Let's hire somebody to help do this irreverent kind of Twitter thing that gets engagement mm -hmm. because it's gotten a ton of engagement over the last few days. I mean, Loudwire posted about it, a couple of different points. Rolling Stone posted about it. It's like people have taken notice. They've at least doubled their Twitter following. Part of me wants to believe that it's all just he's just saying stuff and being funny, but part of me is like, yeah, this is probably a marketing ploy, and they're going to be like, buy a new album. You know? Even if it is, though, it doesn't matter. You check it out. I mean, I I don't know if I'd be checking out a new album of theirs otherwise. So maybe it work. It will. It works. Yeah, I got your attention again. Like, oh, Eve Six. I remember them. All right, cool. I'll check it out. I I mean, I love them, so I would check them. I would check it out probably anyway. But that's me. Our I graduation also didn't know they had a live album. No, oh my God, don't even get me started on that. That shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, you got a backstory. Everybody, that's no, dude. That's just it, it's here's to oh. the night, which was we had. To, probably more girls in our class than guys i mean it just is what it is like none of the guys wanted it i think we all wanted sweet child of mine or, or no yeah simple man leonard skinner's simple man is what we wanted yep. incubus drive or incubus drive yeah oh yeah it, yeah it just it's such a cliche it's almost like picking vitamin c's graduation you know what i mean that's my issue with it it's just it was so cliche pick something with a little bit of depth to it i like eve six i don't love that song <laughs> so, yeah so they had an album in 2012 i i never i didn't know that it was the one that was after uh, "It's All in Your Head." The um, there's a single. The single off that is really good. Victoria, maybe. Yep. That song's cool. That's that's a cool, a catchy song. Yep. Did that have a lyric video? It did. Okay, maybe I heard that one. Yep. So yeah, that's my, 
That's my favorite. That's my favorite music moment of the last week. I, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I I, got, I watched a couple of live performances on online that I enjoyed. Uh, you know, I saw Frank Turner back a couple of days after my wedding or day after my wedding. Um, a few other freebies that were a lot of fun. But yeah, that I think Connie Crozier the night was really cool. It, it was uh, Adam Duritz and another guy, singer songwriter from that area. That was that was a lot of fun. I watched that for about an hour. Uh, but nothing live all the live stuff obviously disappeared and didn't get a ton that way so didn't get my fix need more totally need more and i think the lives the streaming you know session uh facebook streaming shows and whatnot i think they're losing their appeal you know what i mean cool the first time but i want the real thing baby yeah it's funny you brought that up because i was thinking about that this morning i was like yeah these live things you keep seeing advertisements for them i'm like I wasn't sold then. I'm not sold now. You know, we're getting hopefully closer to seeing actual shows. I'm not going to like piss away money for a live stream. <laughs> we are getting closer, hopefully, with the, the vaccine rollout. So that's actually a good segue. So my favorite music moment is actually the only show I saw this year. It was um, the Life and Death Brigade Fest, LDB Fest, back in February. I flew down to Louisville, Kentucky, just by myself. And, you know, it was a, it was a month before my baby was was born so it was just like in hindsight it was like kind of one last hurrah type of thing and i think any other year it would have been a highlight but just this year with everything that's gone on that's the only show i went to it was just my favorite moment of the year so like terror played fiddlehead played cruel hand knocked loose had a surprise set because the other the guys are in other bands and they were there and they're from louisville yeah i mean if if things turn around i'll go to this every year that type of thing and and it's crazy if if in a normal year it'd, it'd only be three months away which is nuts. Yeah. Actually, yep. two and a half months away. Wow. But yeah, it was just so memorable. Like, I mean, from noon to set to noon to like nine o'clock for two days in a row. And there was a pre-show, which I didn't go to, but I was in town for. But yeah, watch music for nine hours and then order Domino's in the hotel after. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> nice. No. Didn't have to cook or clean. I love it. And that was like uh, when COVID was in the U.S. at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, apparently. Yeah. And uh, and just reading message boards, people said they got they, you know, this was like back in April May. They were like, yeah, I got I was pretty sick after that fast. Yeah, um, the uh, the sickness thing is it's funny because I went to a couple of bigger things around that time, just big gatherings, sporting event wise, for my job, and it was people were sick at that point, right? So it's like, oh man, who who knows? Like, and if you think about it, you go to any of those big festival type things you're going to be around a lot of people are going to people are going to be on you and we look at that a different way now so never would have batted an eyelash at it in on march 1st of 2020 but on december or whatever it is today you're like wow we did that we used to live that way man right. <laughs> what a world but yeah I, I was reflecting on it and that that was an amazing weekend that i would pay big bucks to go back and relive that's actually really cool that that was like your like right before COVID got crazy. Cause now like, it'll never be the same. Like, you know, when we had Maddie on, it's like, it'll never be the same. Like it won't be that exact experience. It'll be some socially distant version of what it was. So you kind of got like that last hurrah before your child was born. You know, you kind of had made some time to do it in a time when music was still kind of, you know, small clubs or where was the venue? Was it kind of like a gymnasium type thing? It was in a skate yeah, it was park. A gym, right? Right. No, it was skate, skate park. park. Yeah. Okay. It's like a th- outside. So. Uh, inside. It was like, is inside okay? Uh, I don't know, maybe eight hundred thousand people. Nice. Okay, yeah, probably a thousand people. I was just trying to think of like the shows or gigs that I saw before COVID got crazy, and it was like we saw Tom Green at some like basement comedy show on like March sixth, and then March seventh is when like the world essentially shut down. 
So it was like, wow, well, that'll never happen again. <laughs> Not like that, right? Yeah. Those are fun, too. Basement comedy shows like that. We went to one in Burlington, Vermont last fall, like the night after Thanksgiving, two nights after Thanksgiving. And you, you, you're you packed in there, man. They get as many people as they can sitting at tables and sitting around each other and like on top of the stage. Like if you're going to sit there, you're going to get made fun of by the comedian. You totally. just, it is what it is. It, that, that Those things are a blast. And those yeah. are obviously going to be different which hopefully at some point we're back to somewhat normal with that. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be weird and good for you for being able to go down and see a big festival of a bunch of bands you love, you know, before the, you're, you're not last hurrah, but you're last hurrah for a while for a while before having a baby. Yep. Yeah. That, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm jealous of that because I didn't get to go to see anything this year. So my last show was a year ago, last October. Oh, the Incubus one. Yeah. Which is great. But yeah. we're a year plus now since I've been to a concert and that hurts. <laughs> like it's just like this. Sucks, Ooh, yeah. It sucks, man. All the stuff we would have gotten this summer, it would just would have been great. This we have a great outdoor, couple outdoor venues, and we have a, a cool small indoor venue, which would have been fun. And you know, some cl- venues are closing, all that fun stuff. So it's like our talk with Greg last week. It's like shit. We're like we're not getting any younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so like ten years ago, you could saw the Rolling Stones, and now they're older. It's like ah oh, shit. COVID. How long is it gonna last? I'm gonna be so much older. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely some urgency, like because there's some acts that. The clock is ticking. I mean, I mean, yeah. the Stones may never play again. You know, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good uh, memories there. Music moments. Want to get into the next one? Yeah. What is the next one, Nate? You got it. Ooh, the next one is the favorite moment on the Patio Slave podcast. So many I good memories. Thought we were talking about the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Obviously, I knew it was this podcast. I've got like five. So, hey, that's good for the clickbait. Joe Rogan. Just yeah, kidding. We, we mentioned Joe Rogan. I'll put his name in the hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan. We'll get shadow banned from everything. Yeah, exactly. I've got like three or four. I mean, do you, do you want to lead off, Nate? You got one. I got one. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I got a few too, man. I'm gonna say, and this isn't even because you just came on recently, but Greg coming on, not coming on once, but coming on, coming on twice. I gotta say, I and mean, it's just one of those like easy ones right like for him to come on was awesome for him to come on twice is great and for him to be essentially a friend of the podcast now and it's, we talked to him like almost uh like we went to high school with him or something it's like oh this is sweet like that last episode we just did with him was so cool because we're just literally just all geeking out it's like we, we're once removed on the fact that we don't even really know each other and we're just nerding out about everything the full spectrum of music appreciation so I gotta say that's my favorite moment so far, and this that was hard to to narrow down. So I have some some other ones as well, but I think that one takes the cake for me because it seems somewhat um, surreal. Well, that was and that was a you driver, Nate. Early on, I, yeah. Nate was the the reason we got anybody to say yes or even know who we were. So uh, that was uh, getting him on episode nine. Nate just was like, "Hey, I, I have an idea. I'm thinking about reaching out to somebody from a band that we all love. From you know, set, we." loved in high school that's still a band but etc cetera, etc cetera. and all of a sudden you send a picture of greg and we're like oh man like that would be really fucking cool and then you're like yeah, yeah i'm texting with him he's he's down i'm like what really okay yeah, yeah so we'll, that, we'll was, that was an, i mean he was our second interview that was an awesome awesome moment awesome feeling to be like he's down to, to just talk with us about stuff cool let's do this and it was a blast the first time it was a double blast last week to, to get him again and you're right nate talking like we grew up together, you know, have nerd will travel, right? Like that's, it's easy if you all like music and you have <laughs> ideas about things and, and are versed in that. You can talk with anybody about that stuff. And same thing with sports, but music is 
people come together with that one, I think a little bit even more. Uh, it's not quite as tribal. It's tribal, but it's not quite as tribal. But yeah, Greg was, that's a good one. Greg was a, a lot of fun to have on both times. Yeah, I mean, I think the way we spoke last week, it would almost feel like, I think from a third party that we knew him, that we actually knew yeah. him. It was very natural, one of the guys type of thing, and uh, just a funny guy. His laugh makes me smile and crack up to yeah, no end. Yeah. Just a cool guy. And you know he's been in that band for 18 years. He's seen the world. He's seen a lot. And yeah. I'm, I'm just thankful a guy like that's still willing to chat about those days out in the open. Totally. Yeah. Testament to him. He's a good dude. Yeah. I kind of equate it to like travel. You know, when you're on, I used to travel a lot for work. So you're on flights all the time and you just happen to get that really cool person that you sit next to. And it's like, you have no, like, there's no reason to talk to the, that person in depth. And for some reason, you start talking. Next thing, one le- one thing leads to another. Maybe you're getting some drinks from the, you know, the airplane bar or whatever, and you're just chatting it up. Before you know it, you're like friends. Yeah. So it's almost like that. And then you run, you maybe you run into each other at the an, an airport in a different market. And you're like, hey, what's up, man? I remember you. That's how I feel about with Greg. It's like, dude, we don't, I didn't even know you, and now we're like fucking homies. It's awesome. Yeah. Except totally. when it's I mean, Tyler Durden, <laughs> then you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> shoot, shoot, uh, Panda Edward Norton sitting by himself talking to himself. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Fight Club. Uh, yeah, no, that's it's a good point. If it's Tyler Durden, maybe run the other way. Do I give him the courtesy of the ass or the crotch? <laughs> Sticking feathers in your ass does not make you a chicken, Nate. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go next. I got one. Yep. Um, sweet, go, a go. couple, but I'm gonna uh, the one that. It, it predates Greg because I was like floored that anybody at this point in our poddom would even be thinking about saying yes to talking to us. When you sent us uh, the the voicemail back from Mark saying that he was down to come on from, from Amoeba Music, Mark Weinstein, he when he said yes in text or uh, in, in voicemail to come and talk with us and was down to, you know, nerd out with th- three guys that, just love record stores, love music, love that whole scene. I, uh, my heart sank and floated at the same time. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how we're going to do this. We've never done this before together. But at the same time, I was like, somebody's down. Like, this is cool. We got to, let's make this work. And it was a blast conversation. I love talking to him. I feel like that second half, he really opened up and started giving us some really cool nerd tidbits about like going into houses and seeing all those records. And man, it was, I still like, I love that moment. That feeling for me was like we we've done something here. We we're grinding. We're making this happen, which was cool. Killer moment. I remember you sending that Nate, and I was like, oh shit! Like, damn, that place is amazing. And the fact, again, to repeat what you just said, the fact that he anyone would chat with us. You know what I mean? And he was pretty quick to to commit too. You know what I mean? You know, to get on. And I remember uh, in those early days, we did a um, almost like a sound check. We had him test the connection and all that. And, you know, we've (laughs) kind of worked the kinks out since then. But it's a good thing we did, too, because we we needed to. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. Like we're bringing somebody in from the West Coast. We're trying to teach him how to use at the time Skype. (laughs) Like, oh, man, let's let's make this work. But it it, it worked out and he was cool. And that feeling. It's hard to replicate that feeling. And we, we probably won't. That exact feeling we won't because that was the first first one for us, right? Yeah. No, my sentiment's the same. Where when I got that voicemail, my heart dropped. Like that roller coaster feeling like, oh, crap, I'm just about to go down this huge slope. Like, holy crap, like this is real. Like, So it was like a hybrid of like, I'm excited, but I'm nervous. It's kind of like uh, that big break record label showcase that we've had people on the podcast talk about. You know what I mean? You're getting sent out to like do this big showcase and like 
fuck, even if you're not prepared, like it's here. So you better figure it out. That's how I felt. And it kind of, I think it kind of shows in our progression. You know, our progression is like, ah, oh, we didn't know what we were doing. We're just going to do it anyway, because I mean, you got to learn somehow. So um, I feel like we've grown. Greg kind of validated that we've grown, right? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he might have been, he might have just been being nice, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. he validated us. Yeah. So now I agree. That was a great moment. It'll forever change. That has forever changed us. So mine is basically a continuation of what you guys just said was in a more broad sense. So my favorite moments so far have been the collective interviews. So like years ago when I worked in college radio, I interviewed probably a half dozen bands, uh, members of certain bands on a, a dude from like Trevor from Unearth, Carl from Earth Crisis, the dude from Children of Bodom, bassist Henka. But it was almost like he used a cheat code because it's like, there's radio reps at Metal Blade. There's radio reps at Victory. There's radio reps at, you know, whoever. And I just call them up. I remember calling Andrew, the rep from Victory. It's like, could you hook me up with an interview with Carl Beekner of Earth Crisis? Like, yeah, because Path of Resistance was still on Victory at the time. So it was almost like a cheat code. So with this, it's all on our merit. We're nobody. There's no cheat code. There's no, I know this person. It's just, it's all genuine. And mm-hmm. I think the other big thing is we're now at an age where we've seen a lot, we've done a lot. Like the questions I asked, I still have those interviews. The questions I asked them are much different than now. It's like we want to get into a little deeper than the surface level. So it, we're asking questions that we've wanted answers to for 20 years, which is much different than back then when I was interviewing bands in 2005. So just kind of thinking about it and it's like those uh, my favorite moments have been the interviews the true deep dive nerd sessions with people we don't even know yeah i love that I, and i think that's very true like you know at the end of the day like we know each other we know all of each other like pretty well but you know the music we know everything we hear on record and the liner notes and wikipedia there's only so much you can only get so far you get someone on the podcast that's ready to just deep dive on anything i mean everyone that we've had on has been super graceful uh you know just been, graceful to just go all out and tell some really cool backstory so yeah i mean i don't even know how a lot of this stuff happens i guess it's timing you know we reach out at the right time maybe we do have something special i think we do but from the outside looking in yeah yeah it's a little bit of both yeah i agree with you one yeah it's um it's really cool to get that kind of flutter in your your chest when someone says yes to coming on and then you're like all right now we gotta now we gotta prep now we gotta put this together now we gotta talk you know we, we're texting all the time and then we get together maybe another night during the week and bang out a bunch of questions and kind of sequence things and how do we want to make this sound and go and how are we going to set this apart from a regular just here's your timeline how do you figure it out like we're not just reading from wikipedia we want new things we want different things right. that you don't get anywhere else for three guys that haven't had a lot of experience doing that coming into this so it's been really cool to talk to different people and everybody we've had on has been great which has helped i mean we haven't yeah. had a, a dud of a, a guest every guest has been cool with their time yeah. has been gracious enough to talk to us for a while uh and, and given us you know their their time and their experience you know you know longer form than you'd get just in an email or a text or a quick phone conversation so that's all we've just been grinding on that stuff and you know honing our process and making that happen it's been a lot of fun to do you're right it's it is that's a highlight for sure you just brought you brought up a great point i've i've done interviews through email and it's like it's not like i ask one question they answer then they go back and forth it's all i remember sending out all the questions and they would answer it so it's like very difficult to tangent it's very difficult mm-hmm. to oh yeah 
pick up you know on something maybe a reference that they made and then you could riff off that for a while so uh in this format it just it allows for that which is awesome but yeah for me interviews i'm super stoked on what what we can land uh in 2021 yeah we're yeah. not done we're not done <laughs> not even we're close gonna, we're gonna keep this bait this train rolling that we, we got plenty of people we want to talk to so now, if you're uh, you're new to us and you know somebody that you know, shoot us an email. Like we're we're down. That's how that's how Ben heard about us, right? Ben Collins, of Chronic Future. He had somebody saw one of our posts and was like, "Hey, they they like you guys. I mean, we we love that band." So like, it was perfect. And he's like, "Hey, thanks for the love." And we're like, "Do you want to talk?" Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. Organic pr- promotion for absolutely no reason other than just the appreciation of the product itself, exactly. or the music and the art. Just cool. And actually, Twan, to riff off of what you were saying, um, it's kind of like when we were doing the uh, <laughs> the episode last week with Greg with trying to narrow it down to like a three-peat album run. I feel like interviews, to kind of to your point with what you were just saying, like it's hard to hone it down to questions because you, you know you only have so much time. So you're really trying to narrow it down to like, what do I really want to know? Like, what is like something I've always wondered? And so we kind of get back to like our roots in music appreciation. It's like, oh, 16 listen to Zebrahead. I want to know about what it was like to record Waste of Mind in 1997 going into 98. And boom, now we get that backstory. And no one's heard that story, at least on record, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have that opportunity. So it kind of pays dividends like almost immediately. One. So we get to do the question questioning and get to hear the answer from the horse's mouth. Like yeah. that's that's awesome. Like I've read interviews, I've listened to podcasts be part of it that's even cooler man right. like i love yeah. it and it's never forced i mean it's not like this is all we, people we want to talk to and and everyone we've had they've wanted to chat with us you know it's not like you know it's like a promotion tour you know promotional tour making the radio rounds or anything like that where like to go back to rob's episode the weezer uh rivers cuomo where he's just checked yeah. out you know yeah. it, it, it's different i feel like we go a little deeper Ooh, that actually point. gives it another flavor is the fact that we're, we launched this we launched this podcast during a pandemic shutdown. <laughs> so like nothing was going on, <laughs> you know? So for people to come on, like there's nothing to promote. It's just like, you want to come on? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Sweet. So all you people that have said no or haven't checked your DMs, maybe check your DMs. You, you, might, have a, <laughs> you might have a message from the Potty of Slate podcast you did not know about. Yeah, chances are high. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot or shoot, man. Shoot or shoot. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. We want to jump into our favorite predictions. Favorite predictions of the year. I had a couple. Yeah, I mean. yeah you start, Tone. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, you had tons. Um, I was uh, really <laughs> proud of the fact that I called the Joe Rogan, uh, the video player that Spotify was going to throw out there when they brought in Joe Rogan. Like, Because everybody, a lot of people watch it through YouTube. You know, Twan, that's how you pretty much watched it. Yep. For the most part, right? You never really listen to the podcast? No. All visual. Yeah. So, and a lot of people do that that way. Um, once we finally decide to reveal our identities to the world, uh, we'll we'll have a video where you just see the three of us talking like you do Joe Rogan and his his boys. But uh, yeah, that, it, people like it that way. They do like to check out the YouTubes. They do like to be on a video platform and kind of have it playing in the background on their television or computer while they're doing other things. So this is totally what they're going to do. And sure enough, they did. They, they dropped that uh, video platform f- pretty much for Joe Rogan, right? It had to be. I mean, they, they'd probably use it for Simmons with the ringer too, but right. Joe Rogan was the big one. Yeah, he's the reason why they brought it on for sure. Just to not lose any of the of their fans. 
of Ro- uh, Rogan's fans, like myself have included, you, although I haven't... I was going to say, have you used it? No. Me either. No. Nope. I wonder how that's going for. <laughs> yeah. Really? I'm the only one that uses them? Do you, you, so you use it? Oh, yeah. On Spotify? You like it? Uh, well, yeah, only for Rogan, though. I mean, I don't know okay. if there's anyone else on there that's using it, but yeah, for Rogan, I use it all the time. Well, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are. I'm just wondering, I, I, having not... I listened to the podcast. That was the way that I consumed it, and I'd do it yeah. you know, in fits and starts because it was typically three hours long, and you'd never sit, I would never sit down for three hours and listen to the full thing, But unless you're in the car, right? Unless you're going on a long road trip. Right. But yeah. The, the, so that, for me, it was always just to and from wherever I was driving or if I was exercising or late night, I'd have podcast rolling typically uh but it was never three hours in a row so and i didn't watch the video i was always doing other things so you think the video is good it's it's working for them so far i like it but i mean for the last 15 years or so i've been watching interviews clips random things uploaded on youtube from like the uk like band interviews and stuff like that and you get so much more out of the visual you know you get to see their expressions you get to see some delivery it might be at the backstage at a festival obviously there's some uh elements to that and how that interview goes down their energy if they just got off stage there's a really cool one with scott wyland coming off the stage uh, performing with velvet revolver who we talked about recently and he's like in another world you know what i mean obviously he's um was dabbling in a lot of stuff but he's like oh yeah i just played to the played to the masses as a as a god or something kind of kanye west style you know what i mean you're like yeah. this guy's high as a kite but you know that's that's that interview in that time you know that's that's great that's cap- time capsule so for me, it was like, oh, nice. The fact that Spot, uh, Spotify adapted their platform to include video was, for me, just easy, an easy conversion from what I was used to for the last 10 years on YouTube, just scouring anything nerdery. So it works. But um, yeah, it works for Joe Rogan, too. Obviously, he has such a plethora of, uh, of talent on there, so or interviews. So. That, was good predi- that was a good prediction. You saw where the puck was moving, yeah. and hey, they might be listening. Is there any Spotify execs? Uh- <laughs> We, I mean, we did have a back and forth with Anchor today or yesterday, so maybe, yeah, they were yes. they were help they were helpful. They, they helped us out. We appreciate them. Yeah, a little nerd insight or patio slave backstage insight on figuring out our metrics. Oh, well, they well they said it too. They're like, we're gonna check backstage for you. I was like, do you guys listen? No, <laughs> That's kidding. something that we would say. <laughs> something, totally something we would. Say. That's totally something that we would say. <laughs> Good call, Nate. Though with 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 video, uh, you do get to like see the mannerisms. You do get to kind of read. You, you, it maybe the interviewee asks a question that the person, or the, the person being interviewed doesn't necessarily love, and you can kind of see it versus he just hearing it. That's that's it. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's vitally important in a time that's you need something to humanize everything, right? So if you don't see facial expression, it's just like gets nobody does thrown anymore. in with everything else. <laughs> yeah, We're all wearing masks. <laughs> So th- th- this yeah. situation, we're not guys. We're not masked. We are in three separate locations. Yep. Way more than six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> States apart. Miles, thousands of miles in some cases. <laughs> All right, that was a good prediction. Yeah, I, I'm proud of myself. I'm patting myself on the back for that one. Uh, I'll go next. So mine is just, I think collectively we saw where the puck was going with regards to how bands would react to not being able to tour. So I think we said, you know, live streams are coming, reissues, getting creative with merch, and we've seen all that. I mean, I bought a incendiary coffee mug. I mean, <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know, it's I just, mean, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> what was it? Clutch slides or clutch shorts or something we were joking about? Yeah, clutch slides, I think. I don't think that happened, but like that's the type of thing. And I think we yet yet and we we called i think a lot of that in a lot of the early episodes were like we know where this is going and 
unfortunately, you know, it, it's probably going to work for bands, but some of the venues, as we've been discussing, aren't going to make make it through this. But um, you know, when at the end of their end of this, there'll be another fresh round of money. They'll be able to play in some venues, but yeah, I would say we just in general we called a lot of where this was going. Yeah, I like that one. The swag. We'll all spend money on swag, especially if it's you know detailed carefully and something worthwhile spending money on. I mean, that's actually the great divide, right? Is like, oh, anyone can put out some generic merch, but to put some like real thought into it, that kind of reverts back to the Maddox thing. It's like, well, shit. If I buy this, that's this is a timeless item. I'll use this forever. You know, it's like a nice piece of equipment that you'll just use forever until it breaks but it's a lifetime warranty or something like that so yeah i know i agree with that and uh for me one of my predictions that i really really liked just because it was like tried and true i feel like it had been proven for i don't even know how long long time flaming lips with the bubble bubble yeah. concerts yep nice <laughs> wayne Cohen in the bubble is obviously part of the show just a weird psychedelic band. Like, no one really knows why he was in the bubble other than walking on the crowd, which is really which is pretty of, awesome. I guess it was, yeah, it was part of the show. It's cool. Actually, well, I mean, uh, and, cool. and check our, check our uh, YouTube page. There's a video of him going over me and my brother in the, the ball. So we have that. Oh, yeah. it, d- it did happen to us at one point. So go check our YouTube page. <laughs> yeah. Pre COVID. <laughs> Oh yeah, 2011. We got receipts. Yeah. We got receipts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't so, mean to interrupt, but that was a big one. No, it's huge. Yeah, and so they've been doing shows recently, and they're going to be doing shows um, in 2021 in Oklahoma, where they're from, Oklahoma City, where everyone's going to have a, their own personal bubble. So I think we had talked about that as a prediction. On you know that's a viable option because it makes sense. It's socially distanced, obviously in your your own little mini atmosphere, I guess you'd say. So those are slated for, I think, February of 2021. So we did call that. But if anyone called it, it's the band, right? I mean, it was supposed to be like a, a stage thing, but now it's actually accepted as a viable option to perform. So I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. No, uh, um, really cool. I remember seeing it live uh, for the first time. I want, I would go to a concert right now if it meant being in a bubble. I would get tested, get in a bubble, and see whoever. I, it would be awesome. I'd be I'd be so down for that. I don't care if it was a thousand degrees in that thing. I'd I'd bring in a bag of ice or something just to kind of keep me cool. <laughs> like let's go. Like I want I want to do that. I, if it was the Flaming Lips, I'd be all in. If it was, I don't even care. <laughs> Give me somebody. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm with you. Hazmat suit, full body, whatever. Get me in there. Get me in. I've and been we'll- hazmat suiting anyway at work, so I'm down. <laughs> So the good thing about these predictions is uh, we'll have plenty more of them next year as hopefully things turn around. We can kind of see where the see where the ball's rolling with that. So um, what are we thinking, guys? Top five? Yeah, let's do top five. Do we want to start like with a few honorable mentions and not deep dive into them, just maybe by name? Yep. Do you guys have any? I, I do, yeah. Do you, Nate? Uh, no, go ahead. Hmm, the, the New Found Glory album came out in June. We talked about it then. Um, I listened to it again yesterday. There's some bangers on that that album. I like it. There are a couple things about it that I don't like, but it's not they're nitpicky. Like it, it's for as far along in their careers they are to put that album out. I'm pretty happy with it. Like it's it's a good record. I'm glad I came back to it and spent a little time with it. So they they almost made they almost made the five spot for me. They were I think six seven range. So that was that was one new uh, honorable mention for me. Nice, Twan. You got some? Yeah, I, I I got a few, and I'll just do them by name. Yeah, NFG was one of them. That was it was close, maybe you know six, seven, eight range. Uh, I loved that Code Orange album underneath. It, um, I didn't like it at first. I first heard the whatever single 
with a lot of clean singing. It was actually the second uh, preview track. Didn't really care for it too much, but it grew on me. Great album. Uh, Taylor Swift's Folklore. I think if I was being completely objective, 100% objective, this would be maybe the top spot. But I think when I factor in the fact that she's almost a cheat code and like she's just on a different playing field. Yeah. Yeah. I went the subjective route, which is the, my top five gave me a certain feeling. You know what I mean? Back, Where it's yeah. like mine. And so T-Swift, I like that weekend record and that Drain California Cursed album was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. I remember talking about that, geez, back, was that like April when that came out? Yeah. April, May? Yeah, yeah. Good call. Forgot about them. I didn't I didn't have that written down. It was like right when I saw them at that festival. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad they never got to tore off that record because it dropped. I know, dude. Like yeah. in March, I think, which sucks. One. Pearl Jam, similar situation, right? That's an honorable mention for me. The mm-hmm. weekend, I had the weekend. I had uh, Jason Isbell's record that came out, Reunion, really good. One more. I got one more here. Oh, the, the Manson record. Actually, I, I not top five, but I enjoyed the Manson record. So I would come back to that one again, and I will, I'm sure. Nice. Yeah, I was checking out the uh, wiki PDF for 2020 albums that dropped, and it just made my head spin in terms of, like, you know, music, nerdery brain. It's like, shit, all these albums. Imagine, like, behind the scenes, like, being on a record label, like, preparing like 12 months in advance for the for the record drop like oh we're gonna have this tour we're gonna promote it this way it's gonna be great it's february okay we're like two weeks away and then COVID happens it's like oh fuck everything just comes to a screeching halt like damn so yeah lots of uh lots of albums on the wikipedia list i didn't even know dropped so if it shows you anything it's like all the promotion costs that they had stored they kind of just like pulled back they're like well we're not going to go forward with that because nothing's happening what, so, what did you have for honorable mention? Um, well, I went through that list and there was a ton that I didn't add as an honorable mention because I didn't even know they released that album. Like Stone Temple Pilots, I didn't know they dropped an album. Did you, did you know that? No, but like, okay, so w- one that didn't make your top five mm-hmm. but you liked, that you spent some time with. Was there any of those? Yeah, yeah. Corey Taylor, I know we all talked about that album and yeah. I loved it. I don't know if it hit the top five. Yeah. And it kind of, like, it's that cheat code thing you're talking about, Twan. It's like, ah, well, like... yeah. I like Stone Sour and Slipknot. This is a Corey Taylor solo album, which is cool. And there's obviously a lot of elements to both those bands. And that's, to be honest, it's a great album. I just don't think it hits, it makes the top five. But I really want to give it an honorable mention just because I'm happy that he's he's just pushing. He's he's going. He's not stopping. You know, yeah. Corey yeah. Taylor won't be stopped, right? So it's like, nice, man. Like, why would you sit on your ass? If I were you, I would probably do the same thing. Just keep going, keep pressing, keep putting out stuff that doesn't make sense, whatever or stuff that does make sense and doesn't fit Slipknot or Stone Sour. So that would be my probably my uh, my honorable mention right out of the gate because I just love that guy, right? Yeah, totally. Ian Robinson, it's like his best bud. So, yeah. 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 All right, number five. Who wants to go first? You start us, Tone. Taylor Swift's Folklore was number five for me. Ooh, You're right, nice. and, and uh, totally cheat code. Uh, probably in my face, something I would never have checked out if she wasn't Taylor Swift, but... I was intrigued and liked the the direction that she went with both albums. I haven't spent enough time with Evermore to like really give it the uh, stamp of approval. Where this came out in July, right? Oh yeah, July twenty fourth, July twenty fourth. So I the song with uh, Justin Vernon from Bonnie Vare, oh, Exile, so mm-hmm. might be my favorite song of the year. Like it's just such a great yeah it's song. Next level. So that and I mean on the back of that song alone, that that album is my, in my top five. But there's other really good tracks on that. Cardigan's a great, a good song. The one's a good song. Uh, there's a few a little further down the list too. But th- those three, th- those first three songs are just 
awesome. And I'll, I'll definitely listen to this again for sure. Yeah, that's cool. I was going to say, like, I'm a huge Bon Iver fan. I know we all are. And so, like, it's similar to that K Flay thing. Like, I didn't really pay attention to Taylor Swift. I don't know why. She's great. She's awesome. I never paid attention to that, that collab with Bon Iver. And I kind of got reeled in, even though, like, she's a mainstream, like, fucking powerhouse artist and i just ignored it you know traditional like nerd i'm too good for this type of stuff and like i heard that song i'm like oh this is great oh wow she's got a great voice and i have a coworker that loves taylor swift and he was getting me into her when we take huge drives up to norcal for trade shows and stuff and i got into her like gradually with this album so like even it's, it kind of goes back to that segment uh thing we were talking about earlier like maybe i wasn't into her before but i am into her now it's almost like a an artist that's been around for a while that I just kind of ignored and now I'm a fan. So yeah, maybe it was the Bon Iver thing. Maybe it was my, my coworker. I don't know, but I'm a fan now too. Yeah, totally. And and she's the early stuff is not for me, but when she started getting into um, what's the album with style? 19, uh, 1989. It's a, it's a great record. It's a great, great record. record. And the, even the one before that, of course my wife likes her. So she's around a lot, but yeah. yeah, I mean, when you break it down, like a couple of the records that are in my top five, like if you compared, lyrically song structure songwriting like taylor blows the doors off all of them Mm -hmm. but it's just the i don't know i i I want to put her in it's a different different vibe vibe. yeah yeah Yeah. from an objective lens it's an untouchable album well it's funny because i'm i'm typically i've opened my mind up to more things that i wouldn't like this isn't something that you would hear from me three years ago i i did like 1989 a lot and would still ride for that but I would have been a lot quieter about this um, just as a fan. But now I'm just like, whatever, you know, I like it. I, it is what it is. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it does, shouldn't matter why. I, I, and I explain why I do. It's just, it's, she can write it. She can write a song, man. <laughs> She's damn good at it. Nate, what you got? Number five. That's awesome. I love the crossover. Like, man, this is actually good. So I got to go with it. Yep. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm dragging it out. <laughs> Always dude. <laughs> this was hard for me because I, I, uh, I edged out one of my favorite bands. Because they, uh, you know, they're great and I love their legacy, but they didn't, you know, they didn't make the list. So instead, I chose Machine Gun Kelly from Twan's influence on, you know, revisit this album. I think you'll like it. So I actually had Pearl Jam number five with Gigaton, and I edged it out, edged it out with uh, Machine Gun Kelly because I was like, I only knew this guy as like an actor and a guy that dissed Eminem. That's all I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I. <laughs> <laughs> I checked out the album and it goes back to that Bon Iver uh, Taylor Swift thing. It's like the whole um, Travis Barker thing. It's like, well, there's some valid- validity there. Like, I love Travis Barker. So, okay, maybe I'll check it out. And the album's fucking awesome, man. I love it. I didn't think I would get into it, but it's like, this is like a punk, pop punk album that should have come out maybe 10 years earlier, but it works today because we need something that is a mood booster, right? Kind of like an uplifting punk album that like, is sing along and happy, not even not even lyrically, just like tempo wise. Yep, that takes my five spot right there. Machine Gun Kelly. That's good call. Yeah, I mean, what year? I mean, it's twenty twenty, and yep. Taylor and MGK are uh, yeah. uh, up at yeah. up at the top. It's just crazy. Like well, yeah. with depart with departure albums for both of them. Totally. totally. Yeah, I mean that's that's twenty twenty in a nutshell, right? Everybody oh, just let's mm-hmm. try new shit. Let's do different things. And that's a great record, uh, and we, we we talked about it when it dropped, but. Um, I think he pulled it off flawlessly. I mean, I don't know of anyone that's gone from a rapper to that lane. No, you're right. And it's funny because what, what do we, we talked about, um, 
people going the country lane or coming from country to pop last yeah, last Darius week. Rucker, yeah. No one goes from rap to pop punk. Like that's no. a that's a stretch. There there are elements with both. I mean, people do uh Travis Barker produced a Run the Jewel song this year. Like they're they're people that meld both worlds together, but it doesn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, good good call to go from being a rapper who I hadn't paid much attention to either. You're right, Nate. I thought of him as the guy that dissed Eminem and, you know, wasn't uh, acted a little bit. And and then we, we were just talking about it back in September. I was like, this is actually really good. And the song with Halsey is just awesome. Like, that's just a great yeah. song. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here for all of that. I, I'm down. Let's go. Yeah. Awesome record. Bad on me to just, like, stereotype something and just move on. Like, fuck, man. Now I'm an open book ever since. 2020 mm-hmm. is the, ch- the year of change for sure. All right, Twan, what do you got for five? All right, number five is actually a band I got through, got into through you, Tone. You had sent a tweet from Chino Moreno about a uh, band. And, yes. and in hindsight, I don't even know if the tweet was real, to be honest with you. Who knows? But it was it was Chino Moreno of the Deftones tweeting out this band Loathe from the UK. Uh, so I checked them out. Actually, I, when I first looked at them, I looked at them on Spotify, and I saw the artists, like, if you like them, you like these guys, or for fans of whatever. And there's a band I like called uh, Justice for the Damned, who is from the UK. So I was expecting more of that, like metalcore, with these guys. But it's very heavy, heavily, heavily influenced Deftones, big time. So it's the I let, it, I let it in, and it took everything album by Loathe. Love nice. the album, love the album. This Deftones worship, there's some you know metal metalcore in there. Uh, great in the headphones. You want something to sonically get tuned out throw that album on and again this is a departure album for them like there's that song what one-way mirror two-way mirror whatever it is that's deftones ripoff but then the next song is metalcore so mm-hmm. they're wearing their influences on their sleeves for sure but i love this album do you guys listen to it i did i did when i sent that to you guys i liked the song that was put out on that tweet and i'm drawing a blank on the name of it was it that now. one way two-way mirror song yeah yeah that one i mean when I, I was like, yeah, no wonder Chino likes this. It's a Deftones. <laughs> it sounds Julie like Mira. it could yeah. be Deftones, right? That song was cool. It was heavy. Like, I remember it being heavy, yeah. and I went back and listened to some other stuff, too. For me, it just, I would need to be in the mood for it. But, yeah, they're damn good. Like, they, they there's some talent there. They And they, you're right. They wear their influences on their sleeve. And they've made some noise this year. They, they uh, n- not just in their music. Like, the people, people started to take notice with them. I don't know if it was because of Chino giving them the stamp of approval or what, but yeah, they, uh, they're cool. And I, I look forward to revisiting some of that. And, and I want to check that song out again now that you've brought them up again. Cause I forgot, I mean, that was months ago yeah. and I'm just yep. like, yeah, I remember doing that shit. I need to go back to that. Like, it's one of those things. You just like, Oh man, there's just so much going on. So much music out there. I want to listen to all of it right now. Such a cool band. Yeah. I found myself coming back to it. That's awesome. Something you brought to the table soon. And then Tuan got into, and you're still having to revisit. And for me too. And actually, uh, Tuan, when you said it's something that helps you kind of like remove yourself from the present and just get fully absorbed into the music, that's the best kind of music, especially right now, mm-hmm. right? We t- like one of our segments is like heavy therapy. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, isn't that what music's all about, right? That's what the live music aspect is all about. It's just like putting everything on pause for like three hours or whatever, and just enjoying some live music and then going back to like normal life um, without doing anything crazy hard drugs or anything like literally just live music it's so nice so i'm gonna have to revisit this too because i love that experience of just like nice i'm gonna like digest this music that i don't know much about and just kind of escape for a little bit and just nerd out basically mm-hmm. so yep. that's cool start with two-way mirror and you'll yeah you'll yeah. think it's you'll a Deftones b-side yeah yep. sweet so 
I'm going to jump into number four then, because this kind of fits into this a little bit. Uh, an album you can put on and just zone out to, and uh, it 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 was something that I didn't think I was going to like when it surprised dropped back what late spring. You guys have any idea what I'm talking about? I do because it's on my list in a different I'm spot. Sure. It's probably higher in your list. Yes, yes. But I mean, I, my- I this is not an album that I would have been into until probably this year. So it hit. Nate, what is it? Is it Hum? It is, yes. It's yeah. Inlet, nice. Inlet from Hum. I listened to it Shit. again today. I listened to it probably three or four times at least when it dropped and then, you know, sporadically throughout the year. Uh, eight tracks, what's like an, almost an hour, like 50-something minutes, 52 minutes or something. Awesome. It is awesome. Like, it, it's it's something to put your headphones in and just zone out to. Like, it just it's washes over you. I mean, one song is called Waves, and it feels like waves of guitars are just coming in and out, right? Like, it just does. Um, my only gripe is the is the vocals aren't necessarily they're not great for me, but they're not bad. I, they're just not. That's my my only gripe. But the music is awesome. the The feel is awesome. The vibe is awesome. So that's my number four album this year is Hums Inlet. You know what we'll do is I'll save my commentary until we get yeah to that them. works. Yep. So Nate, you obviously like this album. Oh yeah, I mean it's on my list too. So oh, um, it's high, it's higher up on the list. But let's wait. We'll, this is we'll like... get to you guys's. Yeah, we'll get to you guys's. What's what's your number four then? One of you guys, Nate. We're gonna give us your number four. What? Okay, I wanted to riff on that, but I'll yeah, I'll wait till I get to it. I guess. Um, I mean, if you want to riff on it, go ahead. I mean, well, only because when you said if if you remove what you said, the vocalist, the lyrics maybe kind of intercepted with the feeling overall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a band called This Might Destroy You, yep. uh, instrumental band, similar in vein where it has that um, shoegaze type vibe to it, mm-hmm. and uh, just amazing music. And I was like, man, I always wondered like when I was listening to this band, um, This Will Destroy You. It's like, man, if they had a vocalist, they could make this like a like a hum or like a palms or like a some band that has that vibe. It has some some something to carry it basically vocally. But sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you just need the instrumental. So uh, that would be that. And that, and it's funny you say that because I always, there's two sides of that coin. You know what I mean? Like, do you want a vocalist? Do you need someone to tell you where the story is going? Or do you not? So maybe this hum record for you is you don't really need that direction. You just kind of need, it's almost perfect as it, as it is. Maybe the vocals take away from it. You're saying it's a, it takes away I don't think they take from away from it. I just think that mm-hmm. it is the impotence to their next level. Okay. That's oh, for fair. me, for me anyway. I mean, uh, other people love this band and swear by this band uh, and are perfectly fine with the way things are. So I'm I'm not necessarily right here, but for me, for them to go to that next level, I would need a little more from from the vocals, from the lyrics, not necessarily the lyrics, but from the vocalists, I guess. Not even that he's bad. It's not that he's bad. It's It just doesn't, there's just that one piece that doesn't lock into place for me like the rest of the record does. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Actually, that's why I'm really happy that you kind of... um went deeper to explain because it's totally true. I mean, I think, I think I sit on both sides of it, but I, I like that interpretation of what you're talking about because sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you just need yeah. yep. the sounds, the sounds explain the story enough. You don't really need the words because yep. you you're, you're putting your own story into it. Something like that, you know? Yeah. So right, yeah, save, save no, your I thoughts like for why it's your, wherever it is number till we get to it. Give us your number All four. Right. I like that assessment. Um, my number four, interestingly enough, is something that you mentioned on your honorable mentions was Marilyn Manson for my number four. I love Marilyn Manson. I think he's one of the greatest artists uh, of all time, but I started to drift away on my fandom for Marilyn Manson for, a, you know, 
a lot of reasons, but this record kind of brought me back in. And I think it's alluding to what we were talking about earlier with artists that uh, when you mentioned Newfound Glory, like different for what they're known for, but good record. For me, this is Marilyn Manson. It's like, huh, this isn't Marilyn Manson, but I think this is why I like it. I think I like it because it's not him. And he's gone a new direction, realized like I can make something super arty and make a very conducive record that's, you know, I think actually a really, really great master of work. So, and I think it's probably underappreciated in a lot of ways because he's a legacy artist. So this is like the album that gets forgotten for me. A lot of the albums that came out in 2020, like I literally didn't even know they came out. And this might be Marilyn Manson's like in his top four best albums of all time, even though it's completely different from his best work, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got to give this number four for 2020. Yeah. One of the things that when we discussed this in the previous episode, one of the things I said was like, the last thing this world needs is like 50 year old Manson doing the Eminem with like Marshall Mathers part two, like Antichrist superstar part two. It's like, we don't yeah. need that. So I think he gave the album that I think to stay relevant, he had to put out otherwise, you know, he could still tour, but like it's one of those things. No one's buying the new album type of thing, but I think it was a good album. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you're right, Nate. It's Artie. It is a little more, it's not the same vein as his other stuff. And he has other albums that have dabbled in this type of record. But this is the album where, like, he has one song that dabbles in the old type of Manson songs. You know what I mean? Yep. He like he kind of flipped it on its head a little bit. So I, I agree. This was an honorable mention for me too. I have I don't know eighteen sitting here, but this was an, this was one that I liked and revisited and was like, yeah, it's not top five for me for this year, but it's it's still really good and it's something that I'll remember from twenty twenty. Well, it's just something I think about. Twan, you brought up Newfound Glory last episode on, uh, you know, that there are three run pete album and it's like coming home is my favorite newfound glory album and that's after their heyday yep you know great record. so it's like shit like i think i like bands after they've hit their like mainstream success and that kind of is conducive to like kings of leon too it's like yeah they were huge on these on on this record like two albums ago but they really are in their element on this album like where everyone like no one cares about them anymore and they're just going to see their shows and like they're not even buying the album they're just going to see the songs from you know, three cycles ago. So I have this weird cadence with that to where it's like I get into bands later or earlier or whatever it is, but that sweet spot sometimes is after their huge, huge commercial success. So Marilyn Manson fits that bill. And this album, you know, may not be highly regarded in the history of music appreciation, but uh, I think it highlights his influences finally. I think there's some influences that he's, you know, he draws from that never really got showcased. And this one shows it. Yeah, I think people look back on his catalog, and, and this will be in the top half for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Twan, what's your number four? So I'm going to do this one in 30 seconds. I'm going to shelve it because I know at least one of you guys has it already. Yep. <laughs> so Run the Jewels, RTJ4. I think it's a classic. It's a classic hip-hop record. The production has a timeless feel to it. The delivery, the flow, the approach. Like This could come out. could have come out in the 90s, could come out today. I think P and Killer Mike are in their fucking prime in this album. And I struggled with, I'll be honest with you, you could ask me in a month and this would take the one spot. You know what I mean? It's like these top four were so close, but I'll I'll park that for now, just given that I know. Park that. I got it higher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I would though, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, Nate, do you want to wait till I go and give your thoughts on RTJ? Or? No, I can jump in. It's on my list too. That's the funny thing. Okay, so let's oh, wait. Okay, then we'll wait. 
Well, I'll okay, do we'll my wait. number three, and then we'll wait till we hit your your uh, where it hits for you. My number three Spanish love songs, "Brave Faces," everyone. Nice. I listened to it again last night. I listened to it when it came out a couple times. I listened to it a couple times over the summer. It's not a happy album, and 2020 is not a happy year. And I, I'm kind of like it. It like foretold what was going to happen to all of us. If you listen to it, it's just like holy shit. How did they know? How did they know the world was going to be so shitty? And we've made good. We've made the the world a, a happier place in our our corner of it because we've done this. But man, it's been tough for a lot of people, and they they kind of hit the nail on the head before it all happened. I really loved Schmaltz, which came out a couple of years ago. It's another album that I I didn't I didn't know who they were, and I kept hearing their name, and I was like, I don't know if that's something that I'm into. It, it is tiny. I think it's a tiny bit of a handicap, bandicap. I agree for them, but the album's great. Brave Faces, everyone's a great record, especially mood wise for what's happened this year it it's almost cathartic to listen to it and be like yeah this is it's been tough man we'll make it through though we're gonna get out on the other side it's gonna happen uh, that's that's my number three album of the year yeah so you you got me into these guys um another band that yeah the the name of the band doesn't really fit the the vibe of, of the music uh which you know can be a disconnect for some people but it's 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 funny I mentioned the band Hot Mulligan as like my kind of newcomer band because I would put I would put those guys in with you know they they're in this wheelhouse the Spanish love songs wheelhouse but uh, great record and I did go back and visit some of their other stuff and uh, I can see why you picked it Nate do you hear this album checked it out too and uh, tone the way you're describing it it's like man <laughs> it's so subjective to do this list because it really is like and even with you Tuan, like with run the jewels maybe hitting number one it's like shit like it's it's so subjective like how are you feeling that day like what are your roots and music appreciation like were you always a rock guy were you a rap guy were you a metal guy like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day but it really kind of depends on what you're feeling what's your body chemistry that day you know what i mean are you feeling like aggressive are you feeling like chill so if we did this segment you know next week i mean i think the list might actually change pretty drastically Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to say, and I, I'd like to say that I've thought about this list pretty deeply to to know that these are concrete. But I don't know. Like some days I don't eat meat for a month. Some days I eat meat some days like every you don't three eat days. Like, I don't know. Wow, man, that's a yeah, long day. Just, uh, yeah, it's like I'm just giving things. you a hard time, bro. This is what no, I, I do. Just, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cycle off caffeine, cycle off protein, or certain proteins. Yeah. Well, you didn't drink so, in October. I mean, you did the whole sober October. All of October. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just to try. So yeah, like I don't know, like I think there's just so many different reasons as to why we choose certain things and obviously this year has been extremely challenging. So have to have music that helps us get through those certain things. Like what if we didn't have a pandemic? Would this album make the list? It may not have, honestly. Yeah. It's Right. Yeah, that's, that's Yeah, you know, point. it's funny cuz I remember listening to it in the gym back when we could, you used to be able to go to the gym <laughs> in February and it was like, oh man, I'm I'm looking for something happier right now. I'm working out. I feel good. I don't necessarily need this vibe. Not that I don't like the vibe. It it works for me at other times, and this year it worked for me. So you're right. It probably doesn't make my top five then, but I I, I did love Schmaltz, and Schmaltz isn't super happy, and that's from a couple of years ago too, and that year wasn't like this one. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah, it's tough to tell. Yeah, there's just so many things. Like, is the economy good? Are you in a good mood? Right. Pop, pop punk just like works, you know? Or is shit fucking nasty? 
the economy sucks. Fucking throw on the fragile white nails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good point. You know? All right, Nate, what's your number three? Um, so I'm actually circling back to Twan. My number three was also Run the Jewels. Okay. All right. And uh, I like that. I had it higher. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked that what they were putting out. And obviously, uh, the Zach Taylor Roca uh, from Rage Against the Machine helped me get into him. So it's another another one of those Taylor Swift Bon Iver, like, okay, I know this guy. So obviously, he's associated with them. So there must be some kind of validation there. So I was like creeping more and more up the map on, all right, I think I like this guy's, like this band. And uh, this album dropped, and we obviously talked about it. So I like geeked out like crazy on this album. And I became like a make like a major fan and they and they came through here a few times and like passed through passed up the gigs and i was like because a rap gigs like aren't necessarily known as being good live so i've passed like a bunch of rap gigs just because i just know it's not worthwhile live at least and now i'm like fuck a show regret b like damn i love this band uh or this group and uh, yeah this made the top three and i'm a hip-hop guy but not like u-tone so for me like to hit the top three out of all 2020s is is pretty high regarded and everything i've seen of them live they're just on a, a different playing mm-hmm. field it's it's a show it's yep. you get people and th- this is actually another thing where age and experience comes in like the way they move on stage is a 20 year old rapper it, it's just a different you know it's triple a versus the big Those are guys yeah. that have done it before and know how yep. to do it and know the beats to hit and know how to play off their partner and yeah yeah exactly i i feel like there's a I've lot got of, more of that to come a lot of interaction. That's awesome. Twan, in every, actually, that's in every a, aspect. In every aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, right. Twan, that's like a uh, another segment in, this, in itself is like seeing a band live and how that translates and moves them up the ladder. It's like, oh, they were good. And I saw them live. And like, because they're able to riff off each other as band members, like they are ni- now high regarded as a great live art, you know, band because they are able to, to execute. All right, I'll save my thoughts because yeah. I have them a little higher. Tuan, what's your number three? So three, it's actually a band. I, I don't, I'm going to guess you guys don't know them, but you might like them after I kind of give the spiel. So the band is, uh, it's an interesting name, Millspec, which is short for military specification. Millspec, the album is World House off Lockin' Out Records, which I didn't even know Lockin' Out was still a thing. Like they were big 15 years ago. I have a few records from Lockin' Out, but uh, it dropped it back in September. It's, um, if I were to just describe the sound, it's definitely a hardcore punk band. I would say if Quicksand and American Nightmare had a kid, okay. um, so it's okay. got that vocally is more in line with American Nightmare. But there's definitely some like '90s post-hardcore in that Quicksand lane. I'm going intrigued on. by the the Quicksand reference. Yeah, same. Yeah, and it, it's subtle. Because the vocals are a lot more abrasive, certainly, but it's just it's an eight-song record. It's timeless. I mean, this could have come out another, you know, same comparison I used earlier. Like this could have come out in the '90s or could have come in now. It's like timeless production of it. It's just raw. It's uh, if if I mean, if you like any of those bands, vocally, sounds like West from American Nightmare, and they're a band that I was almost gonna put for my, you know, the Rookie of the Year one where we. We learned about an older artist. I mean, because they've been around for maybe three or four years, I think. Uh, heard the name. For me, Bandicap, like it's a cool, like military specification, you know, that's that's cool. But it doesn't tell me anything no. about the band. Yeah. Sometimes I need that. I think it's a Bandicap. But yeah, I think to your point, Nate, top three for the year, it's tough to crack. But I, it dropped in September and I've listened to it several times a wow, week nice. since then. 
do you feel like it fit this year? Like it helped this year specifically, like had it this year not been as crazy as it was, it may not have fit the top five. Uh, yeah, there's some of that. I think, mm-hmm. I think I do think this is a timeless record, but if this was a more, a year with more releases, would it have cracked the top five? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, I think for in genre, it's an in genre classic. I always use that. I actually think the length of it helps. It's eight songs, so you know there it's are some accessible. albums that it's accessible. Yep. I can pick up my daughter at daycare and yep. finish it. Yep. It's short, super short. It leaves you wanting more. There's something to be said for that, right? I mean, if it's an album that's 36 minutes and you're like, man, I wish this was 50. No, totally. I, I think, and I actually looking at my kind of notes, I was prepping for this. Yeah, I, I do wish it was longer. I wrote that yep. verbatim. Hmm. It's gone before it's. <laughs> It ends before it starts, but go check it out if you haven't looked at it. And one other thing, look at the CD cover or the album artwork. It looks like something Frank Maddox would mm. do because it looks very similar to the um, Higher Power cover that he, the, the cover of their yep. album that he did. It's very similar. Mm. That's cool. I like that. I don't think he did it though. I don't think he did it. I'm ex- I'm intrigued because this is not something I've heard of, but it's also you've pushed me towards stuff that I would never have paid attention to in the past, and I've been like, damn, I'm glad that door is open now. So uh, this is another one of those situations. I'm sure I'm be like, shit, where have I been? <laughs> yeah, check it out. Yeah, I love that tone. It's like, <laughs> like music appreciations, like reading the terms and conditions for. <laughs> any kind of service it's like shit i'm not going to read through this but if you get someone that gives you the cliff notes you're like all right i'll check all it right. out. yeah exactly yeah thank you so much because Man, like, this description just is so... six pages long i don't want to read all this oh tuan <laughs> yeah. just put it into you know two paragraphs that sounds like something that i might like yeah okay <laughs> yeah there's just there's just too much going on it's like an antique store but all the good stuff's consolidated in one little corner you're like oh sweet <laughs> all right number two number two all right, this is tough for me. This was tough for me. I, I waffled on this all day. Yeah, my tough. number two album of the year was Deftones' Ohms, Ooh. which gave away my number one, but yeah. Can I tell you something? It was also my Perfect. number two. so we can get into it. <laughs> Nate, was it was it your number two? <laughs> oh, shit. Number two. <laughs> it was all of our number wow. twos. What a clairvoyant moment right there. That's insane. We did not tell each other our, our numbers one through five beforehand. Yeah, my number two album of the year. Great Deftones record. Great Deftones record. I I don't think it misses really anywhere. There are a couple points where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next song, but not not in a bad way. But it's, I mean, I will come back to this Deftones record. It'll be a, a Deftones record that I want to listen to in a month, in three months, in six months, in six years. Like, it's a good, it's a really good, great Deftones record. So yeah, that's, that's why it's number two for me. I'm right with you. And I think for me... It was like, it's like, shit, this year is so tough. I need something. I need some kind of music therapy. And the Deftones delivered. And they didn't quite deliver as cohesive on on a few of the records before this. So it was almost like they really need to deliver. Not only is this year difficult, but like they need a record that just fucking slays. And this record for me really did. It just helped. It helped a ton. And uh, I listen to it all the time still. I I think uh, we went through our like Deftones, like in order albums right and i can't remember what i put this in but it was definitely in the top three because it hadn't come it out hadn't yet, come out yet. Hadn't yeah come it was back yet. in the summer oh it hadn't come out yet uh, okay, where would okay. you slot it now i mean i'd probably put it four four or five it'd be it'd be high up it, it wouldn't it wouldn't dethrone some of the you know the staples for us but it would be up there i think four is a safe placement yeah yeah and that's with a with a you know giant legacy so mm-hmm. yeah no it definitely it checked all the boxes for me it almost took number one 
but um it took number two for a band to, to put out an album this this great sonically just so 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 amazing this late in their career is is a huge huge accolade so uh, good on them well well needed for this year so yeah i agree this deftones album is amazing and i know it's a household band but gotta pay dues right so they, they're well deserved yeah it's funny if you did you guys remember when we did a review yep. of this album i was a little disappointed yeah. remember a little i was bit. a little let yeah. down yeah uh, yeah i was i was growing on you though hasn't it oh super grower nice. like because you gotta remember it's like the terry date comeback steph got his shredded you know he's sure now shredding frank's visuals and then it uh, initial reaction was it's better than gore it's better than saturday saturday night rest yep. for sure yeah. even after the first couple of listens i don't know where i'd put it now it's probably in the middle but that just shows you like their catalog but definitely gr- it's grown on me tremendously when it may continue uh, to grow on you you may end up being like shit man like i i like radiant city even more because of this so i like pompeji even more because of this and yeah it might be mm-hmm. top four it might be top three like who knows i do skip ceremony yeah i like time. ceremony yeah track track like two one. with the like smashing pumpkins yep. chorus yeah there's a little of that yeah i mean it's I, just crazy to hit on all cylinders like this late in their career like you know i was gonna say you that. know like so we're i'm gonna disagree we're with you. number four oh, i'm gonna yeah. disagree with you a little bit and only because well, no, I have to, and I have to. It has to be said because we talked about black. We talked about Black Stallion, and and yes. none of us loved Black Stallion. I liked it better the second listen through, uh, and Gore wasn't. None of us loved Gore. So, is this like we're gonna every other get one now, or are, are they starting to fade? I I hope not. I really do hope not. I I love this band. They're one of our favorite bands, especially collectively. The Party of Slate podcast is a big Deftones house. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna knock us off that pedestal. But at the same time, are they headed down a path that maybe isn't where we want them to go? Like oh, shit, man. I'm a little worried. That's all. Well, Nate, wasn't your point just that it was impressive of how deep in their career they put this out? Yeah. Was that your point? Yes, exactly. Oh yeah. I mean that's it's amazing. But you're right, though. Where where do they go? Do they double down on and go heavier, or Chino's getting older and they go more Palms route? Like, and that's that's where they more potential for duds if they go that route. Yeah, and and my I'm worried that I mean, if you listen to Black Stallion, I'm sure people have that listen to us. They they kind of neutered the guitars completely mm. from White Pony in yeah. the remixes. And there are a couple of really cool mm-hmm. remixes on that record, but I was like, man, like why cut out some of the iconic riffs from your iconic record? Like maybe just reimagine them as opposed to just nixing them all together. That just worries me. I just, but, but this album has steps grooves. So who knows? Like maybe I'm, maybe they're, they just wanted to do something different because they just put out the, uh, the guitar heavy record. Right. I mean, it's, it's so complicated when you think about it. Cause we're on the outside looking in. So if you're in the band, it's like, okay, and I don't want to name drop here, but I'm going to like, do you want to be corn and just like do the same thing over and over and like, you know, keep that core fan base happy. And obviously they did some weird things with like EDM and stuff like that. That I was going to say they had that EDM. <laughs> they covered that, cameos word up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that, <laughs> but overall they've kind of, they've rewritten a few things, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it. And I don't think Deftones did that with this. I think they, they reimagined what they've been doing. Um, which is great, and I think that that is a uh, an accolade to to what they're known for is is amazing music and amazing 
craft to the music that they put out, but they don't know that. I mean, like Reg said, they don't like, not everyone can be the Beatles. They don't know how to write, like they right. might think it's good, but they don't like, you don't actually know until it's out there. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say. And so I don't want to say that Deftones is going to like, you know, digress I'm not, into I'm not saying something I'm just, easier. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, yeah. I guess it's the 2020 mind, right? You're just like, oh shit, is this the end? Yep. Of the ba- good. Th- I don't want good things to end. I and then they put out this good record <laughs> right. that I, you know, that I love, and I'll probably continue. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm gonna listen to this six months from now, six years from now, because it's a good Deftones record, good to great. But I, I worry that uh, you know, in five years, we're gonna get a remix where there's no, <laughs> none of the riffs are on it. It's just like flowery totally. and EDM, and I don't know, man. I, I'm bummed by the Black Stallion release. I, I guess that's really all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting so much more and I'm bummed. Yeah. No, I'm not I know where you're at. It's tough. I mean I, I try I think actually going back to the whole Spotify with the video thing, I think I try to like understand psychology and physical, you know, expression where it's like, yes, well, yeah, I want to write around the fur again, but unfortunately I'm not, you know, 24, I'm, you know, 47. Yeah. So you have to understand like I get tired running around california for five days like i can only imagine what it's like to write a record tour on that record singing at a level that is just not something you can do without any kind of voice track behind the scenes and then you get called out on that like oh you're getting the voice track to do the scream it's all like shit this is what you want Mm -hmm. so you got to find that balance right so um totally i don't know i maybe this is maybe this is the deftones pinnacle i don't know all i do know is that this record's amazing and if this is the last straw and they kind of downplay from here. Who knows? But they still rip. And uh, if we live in the present, we can know that Deftones are, are still fucking crushing it, which is great. And they're a house band and well-deserved. <laughs> uh, and they're one of our favorite bands of all time. And, and they will continue to be. And this isn't, this is going to be slotted right in the middle of that catalog. Like, damn, I'm ready to go listen to that one again. Yeah. Unanimous two spot. I love that. <laughs> out of the blue, right? Like, none of us knew. And yeah. earlier today, they were my one. But I listened to both the last couple of days and was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta change them up. I love the homework. It's awesome. So we've all done our two. I guess I'll do my one. Run the jewels. Yeah. Run the jewels four. Yeah, knew that was. Yeah, good. it wasn't my number one on Monday or whatever day it is. I don't know what day it is today, but it wasn't my number one earlier in the week. It is my number one today. And like Nate said, I mean, it, it, tomorrow I might say Deftones Ohms is my number one. So, but this this record for me, it it was kind of a a beacon of hope on top of a spotlight on the ugly parts of our country and the ugly parts of our world that need to be, have the spotlight shown on them to eradicate them from the, what's going on. Right. Like it was dropped at the right time, obviously a bad time in our country's history with the George Floyd stuff. They gave it out for free. It had songs on it that fit what was happening in the time before it happened in the time, which was nuts. They were like, they were clairvoyant like we are sometimes it has feature on top of feature DJ premier Pharrell Williams, Zach De La Roca's verse makes me want more Zach De La Roca in my life, and we haven't had it, unfortunately. Totally. Like that just is the pinnacle of this whole record for me. As good as Kill a Mike and LPR, the production is out of this world. Uh, Josh Homme's on it, uh, man. The whole fucking thing. It just, I, it. Visuals. Yeah, the visuals. They did a holy Kalamo vote, Kalamo fuck thing for um, Cartoon Network, I think, back before the right before the election. That was about forty-five minutes long. They played the whole album in its entirety. Did it have nice. a, a light show live? All this stuff. The snow was falling. The whole nine yards. It was badass as hell. Like I, I was riveted by that. Having already heard the record for the last three months and four months, whatever. I just, 
it was my favorite album of the year. And it's going to be something that I come back to and say that was from this year and it couldn't have been anywhere else. And it, again, it shined that light, that spotlight on shit that needed to be, you know, rooted out. If we did a best feature, it would be the Zach verse. Yeah. He's just in his bag on that song. And it's a perfect beat for him, but he just kills it. And I, I wish instead of One Day's a Lion, he did the solo hip-hop record. Cool. Yeah. I wish he jumped into that in that era. Because now it's like, eh, I'd take it. I mean, who am I kidding? I would take it all, but yeah. I'd take it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. No, that's a good point. I mean, the, the reason he didn't put it out, at least what I read on a nerd, you know, deep dive, as much as I can find on Zach De La Roca, like going rogue for fucking whatever, 10 years, 15 years, is he didn't put out that solo record because he would go back and forth with Rick Rubin and whoever he was working with at the time, Trent Reznor, all these people is like, Oh, it sounds too much like rage. Oh, it doesn't sound enough like rage. And so it was like this like unsatisfactory thing for himself, but everyone else thought it was fucking gold. So if he didn't, if he wasn't so critical of himself, like we would have that stuff right now. Cause everyone was like, dude, like this is amazing stuff. If you just put this out, like everyone will, they won't be like, Oh, it sounds like rage or Oh, it sounds like this. They'll just be like, you're on fire, like you usually are. So, thanks for putting it out. Instead, he just disappeared for, you know, however long. So, yeah, to your point, like uh, he should just <laughs> listen to other people, listen to the outside voice once in a while. But it's Zach De La Roca, I think uh, Ian had mentioned, right? Ian Robinson, like <laughs> he's in his own element. He's self-critical to a default. So therefore, like we just don't get anything from him. But yeah, Tone. Uh, it's a shame too, right? I mean, yeah, he he. I, I listened to an interview with Killer Mike and LP, and I can't remember where it was a podcast. I can't remember where. Uh, oh, it was the Song Exploder. They talked about the song Just that he was on, and they were like, "Hey, you guys are lucky you had him in the rock world for as long as you did, because he could have absolutely just killed the the rap world too had he wanted to. Right. He just we let yeah. you have him. <laughs> this is what they said. It's like, yeah, he did. He could have killed this too. He was just so damn good, man. And this to get him in 2020 with all that was going on at the right time for, for this to drop, it was perfect. And, you know, we love Rage. We've talked about Rage a million times here, and we got a little piece of it with this, and that was probably probably part of the reason it was my number one album of the year on top of the fact that I just love this record, and I love these guys. I love all of their records. So, Nate, where did you have this one? Um, I had this on number three. And I had it at four. So there you go. I mean, we all were super high on this album. Yeah. And it's a comeback album. Like it's, I throw it on maybe every other week nowadays when I want to hear the Zach song and then I stay for the rest of the album, you know? <laughs> yeah. Stay for a while. Hell yeah, dude. That was like those, those earlier records. That, that's what it was for me. Uh, what was that? That first track with Zach. What was that? Count and, uh, count and, uh, count. Was it? Oh, you had to, I'm going to have to look it up. Count and something to fuck or whatever. Anyways, yeah, I mean, obviously that drew, drew me in like that, you know, um, special Close your guest. eyes and count to fuck. Close your eyes and count to fuck, exactly. So I would listen to that. And great like, name. Like, great name. <laughs> like you said, Twan, I would like, okay, I'll check out the rest, I guess. But yeah, this new record, man, it's great. And it, it, it's the fact that it takes the top five out of all the year is, is huge, you know? Um, I think I was alluding to it earlier. Like, you kind of stick to your roots, like, always been a rock guy whatever you know i love hip-hop just as much but um you know you 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 kind of gravitate towards what you know even if it is subjective even if it is what we were talking about earlier like what mood you're in and what you're feeling in that day um rock and metal kind of always take the top five but uh yeah the fact that like a hip-hop record took number three out of the whole year is is saying something that 
I'm understanding what's going on. I'm a Taylor Swift fan now, you know, I'm a country fan all of a sudden. I was never a country fan until this year until Greg came on last week. Like, shit. So, Patio Slave in, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What that being said, Nate, what was your number one record of the year? I have an idea, and it's also probably Twan's. Yeah, it is. I, I know it is because I, Nate, when you held up your notebook yeah. to show yeah. us Deftones at two, I yeah. saw oh, one. Shit. And uh, yeah, so you start. Oh, you start shit. It. You got a little hint. Yeah, actually, that's good validation that we don't tell each other, which is makes this as candid as can be. So that's uh, as transparent as we can be. Um, my number one spot was Hum. I liked this band back in the day with their releases in the 90s, but you know, they disappeared for a while. They were on hiatus, I guess. And uh, I liked what they did. And I think I appreciated what they were all about. But with that kind of gap, you kind of lose sight on what they're doing. You know, you just drift away. There's other stuff that's coming out. It's a lot going on. So when this record came out, I was able to revisit their old stuff and this new album. And Tuan, you actually were a huge uh, proponent to that, to, to bring it to the forefront. Because I was like, oh, yes, me and my brother used to fucking love this band. And I knew them and they rolled through here and I didn't even fucking go. And I should have. It was a show regret. It was like 15 bucks. And uh, this album just, as soon as you were like, Nate, you're going to love this. I was like, all right, you know, I take your word for it. Like, you know, we're all brothers here. And uh, it was like the peak of like pandemic depression. And I was like, I really need, I really need something right now musically. And I would take these long ass, like two hour walks in the morning before grinding work and just get into full music immersion. And uh, this album just helped. It, like it definitely helped tremendously for me. I was like, man, the bass riffs, the guitar riffs, everything. I was like, oh, God, I, I guess I'm a huge rock, you know, drop D uh shoegaze fan if you if you want to say it i think we talked about it in a previous episode it's like i think this might be me defined as a music sound like i like this sound yep yep you did say that yeah Yeah. word for word like i just i would go to these shows all day if i had a chance so it takes the number one spot just because i think it's like it's my plaid like this is everything i stand for for music and uh I, i listen to it quite a bit and um it's it's uh, 2020 album music therapy for sure. So yeah, it takes number one hum with their latest release coming out of kind of nowhere. I mean, they kind of reunited out of nowhere. So that's an extra surprise. Yeah, surprise drop. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, great great record. Uh, it's my one uh, surprise surprise. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we we talked about this when it dropped. It just checks every box. I think I I actually I love the vocals. I know it's a point of contention. Or maybe not even a point of contention, but you, it's your limiter tone. I think it, it it's kind of what sets them apart from other bands of this ilk. So vocal vocally, uh, the subdued vocals I love. The subdued production, uh, where it's 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 well produced, but it's still gritty. Mm-hmm. The comeback album, what was it, twenty two years between this and Downward is Heavenward or whatever it was. Yeah. The visuals, I mean, I it, it, it's funny. I I'm looking to the side here because i can see the record i bought it pre-ordered the record back in june or whatever it was it took five months to get here wow well because it was probably it was so surprised that they didn't even have anything lined up to press it probably right yeah i think you're right yeah i was on what polyvinyl which i'm surprised but timeless album i the 22 year gap helped them for sure yeah i mean it's just like you know one the surprise element but two the gap you know most people are like you know, for most fans, if you told them that there would be a um, a hum album in their top five in twenty twenty, they'd yeah, be like, Fuck they would have been like, no, yeah. way. no, no way, no way, that band's yeah. been done. Like, are they even alive? Like, who, 
where'd they go? But uh, top spot for me, it just it checks every damn box. Totally. You say the subdued vocals, and that makes me rethink it a tad. I'm not sure it could change much for that to work. So I'm not. I'm not I mean, I'm not sure if there's another way for them to go about doing what they do vocally, sound wise, for it to to make that any better for me. So maybe maybe that's that's just where they are. That's the ceiling for them for me. I did not like them previously, so the fact that I get into this album to have it in my top my top four is crazy. That it was a band that I think we were talking about them before this dropped surprise uh, wise, and I was like, I don't get it. I like I listened to the record that came out previously 22 years ago. And I was like, I, this just doesn't work for me. It's not, it's just not something that I like. And then this dropped and I was like, no, no, I get it now. This, this makes sense. Yeah. This is really good. These guys know what they're doing. So maybe, maybe I've grown a little bit with that too, but I don't think that you're, I don't think there's anything I could change that would make this any better than what it already is. And that's why it's in our top five. One way to look at it would be to just go into it, expecting that the vocals are the fifth instrument. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And that's the, and that's the it's purpose. funny listening to it again today. I listen to it today. I do that with Tool sometimes, but Maynard is just totally, but Maynard yeah. is just so damn good. It doesn't matter. His Ooh, fifth right. instrument is better than everybody else's second or first. So I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that's maybe that's what I'm looking for is something like that. And I'm like, okay, this has got Tool vibes, but it's not as good because Maynard is so much better than everybody. Like that might be what the problem is for me. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's. That being said, it, it was in my top five. It's a damn good record. Like I'm gonna listen to it again yeah. and again and again. Great so. fucking record. What number was it for you, Tone? Four. What number was it? Four. Man, the way you guys just both said it is exactly what I was gonna say next. Is like, imagine if you were the vocalist for Hum and like the band's presenting you with this like instrumental work, like what would you do? I think I would do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I would Don't write lyrics. Yeah. I would write lyrics and tones and, and flow that, that fits that realm because it just comes naturally, you know, you're like, not because you're trying to force it. It's like, Oh, this is what comes to mind when I hear this instrumental music. So the tool is a great example. When you hear Adam Jones and Danny Carey and uh, Justin putting these instrumentals together, imagine being Maynard getting sent that, that stuff like ADAT or uh, MP3 file. Yeah, like, but he's but fuck. he's Maynard. <laughs> he is Maynard. <laughs> Maynard hears that and goes, "I'll show you, motherfuckers." That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's a riff, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why he's done what he's done uh, over the years. But you're right. Well, Maynard, that's a good point. Maynard can also sing, though. Not that um, the guy from Hum cannot, but Maynard's got some vocal range akin to I don't know, I don't want to say Robert Plant, but he's got range for sure, mm-hmm. or did. So I think hum, I think it, it is conducive to what the music presents and that's why it fits. And that's why it's number one. It's like, if I was the lead singer of hum, I would probably be in the same lane. I think I would probably understand like, this is where this is going. This is what we're about. I'm not going to sing some crazy high pitched vocal range to somehow blend into this. Cause it would, it would almost throw it off, I guess. So yeah. And the hum thing, like you were saying Tuan, like out of nowhere, when they rolled through here, I was like, "Oh, I love this band. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard from them in a long ass time." But that same venue in Solana Beach, Belly Up, like better than Ezra came through. Same price, it was like twenty bucks or something for a ticket. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." There's like so many songs that look from Better Than Ezra. I'll go check that out and have a beer. But that was like on a Friday. I think Hum came through on like a Wednesday. <laughs> same price and everything. I was like, "Ah, show regret." Yeah, it's like a it's like a Hampton Beach Casino, New Hampshire show. I was like, "Ah, oh, '90s OG." I should. Yeah. I should go. Yeah, I should go, but I'm going to pass it up because it's a weeknight. So I had have home a, come through a weekend, I would have gone for sure. I have a tiny little 
prediction that goes along with with that to to kind of wrap us here if you guys are ready yeah. for it. Yeah, I'm ready. Right. So we had we had a decent amount of music get released this year. We just went through a lot of it, talked about what we liked, compared it to whatever. We're going to see when we can get back to live music. We are going to see a massive flood of records dropped and tours announced and people trying to get our money to get us back out there. Right. Like it's all we're going to see for a while. It's like, Oh man, it's July. Everybody's vaccinated. We should be able to get back in together. Here's all this new music. So next year is going to be super full of new music. Like this is going to take on a whole new life compared to what we've seen in years past and the way things have gone. If, if things go well and we can get back to, to live because then they all those bands and artists need to get back out on the road in the summer to recoup some of that money they didn't make and they're going to be fighting hard for our dollars just just saying that right now i i, I get a thought there because you, you're going to get everyone that's been that had maybe planned to drop something this 2020 it's going to go to 2021 but then take a band like hatebreed they finished their album early earlier this year they sat on it to try to release it around a tour but they just dropped it last month. They were probably writing the whole time mm-hmm. still. You're going to get more. You know what more. I mean? So you're, you, everyone's up, everyone is uh, available, even mm-hmm. Hum. You know what I mean? Well, and that's... Th- Everyone's just been wh- sitting When around. did the Hatebreed album come out? Like two weeks ago? Yeah, So two, that album ago. is out. They probably have another one they've either, they've either kicked the tires on or probably closer to finish than we think or know because what else have they had to do? Yep. That that might get dropped in April, and now you're like, okay, I've spent some time with that album from December, uh, November, and here's a new one, and they're coming to my town. Holy shit, I'm gonna get to go see a completely different band, and it's a band I already like, right? Like that's what's gonna happen. You're gonna get people. You get two Taylor records that she's gonna go play a ton of, and then shake it off in the middle of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just gonna be stuff like that from uh, prolific artists that have put out a bunch of shit. Yeah, and there's two sides of the coin. One side of the coin is it's all us nerds that, you know, are fortunate enough to still be working and ready to geek out whenever we can. You know, obviously I have tickets locked and loaded with the Pearl Jam tour six dates in. Um, so when that's reannounced, like, yeah, I'll just go and take a week off, two weeks off from work and follow the tour. I'm already locked in as tickets are paid for. The other side of the coin is the uh, reality of what's going on in the country is uh, we're in a worse economy than the Great Depression. So you know, many people like will not be able to go to these shows. And I also think that when these shows do come back around, um, I think we alluded to it before on when shows come back, like there's so much lost revenue. And obviously that always gets passed on on to the end consumer to make ends meet. So whether it means like higher service charges or the ticket prices just skyrocket, not even in it's beyond, you know, inflation. So like that head ticket, to get into the show was 75 bucks. Now it's 145, 150. It's like doubled all of a sudden because they have to make up for it. So it's going to change, you know, it's going to change drastically. Uh, We'll still line up and go and we'll figure it out. Well, not everybody will be able to. And if your shit's not good, people won't go. So you can charge all you want, but if if what you put out sucks, then it's not going to matter. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, I mean, as capitalism will go, I'm not going to go pay, <laughs> you know, $15 service fees and $60 ticket prices for a band that sucks now. <laughs> Sorry. See ya. Especially with what's gone on in the world. I'm going to, I will support the bands that I like and love and, and the music that I want to see. But yeah, well, it's stuff's going to get passed on to us, but 
that can only go so far. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to get complicated because Twan had mentioned it in an episode, like the capacity is going to be a fraction of what it is. So no matter it, it, it'll have to be passed on to the end consumer to make ends meet. So like a, a face value charge will be at least double just to make you know, make up for the capacity change. So everything will change. We'll figure it out. I mean, we're nerds here. We'll figure it out. Obviously we're industry now. So maybe we can get some comp tickets. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a good spot to wrap. We should probably call it quits. That was a marathon for us. It's been a while since we've done a two hour podcast. That was yeah. a throwback throwback. Uh, yeah. Hour 45 minutes uh, yeah. special. So, Sweet. Uh, <laughs> We've got some cool stuff lined up for 2021, guys. We've got ideas. We've got people we want to talk to. We've got, you know, fishing lines in the water. We're, we're ready to keep this thing rolling. And we have some more segments we've never even touched that we have been saving to properly do for you. So, uh, you know, pay attention. Keep it up. Listen to us. Hit us up on the socials. Hit us up on the email at podcast at gmail.com and at podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So we're, uh, we're available at all times. Hit us up. Yeah, and if you got this far, thank you for uh, spending a couple hours with us. That was fun. We'll see you next week. Peace, potheads. Yeah, this was cool. 2020 wrap-up. I want to give my full gratitude to everyone that listens. Like This was a dream come true for all of us, so the fact that everyone's listening, um, we really appreciate it. And uh, what's coming in store for 2021 is only going to get better. So if you've been with us from the beginning to present, uh, we're super grateful because uh, we're grinding all day. So. It's only going to get better. We got a lot of stuff lined up. So what I learned from this is I have to wait till Nate's done for my peace pod heads for the end of the episode. Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> peace pod heads. <laughs> See ya. Cheers all. <laughs>